I just want to find out how many of you are list people. You make lists. It keeps you on track. Oh, man, my tribe, my people. That's good. Yes. Um, I mean... I'm definitely a list person. I've always operated well using lists. Uh, I don't know, maybe this is going a little too far. You don't need to uh, testify to this, but um, have you ever done something that wasn't on your list? Then you went and wrote it on your list so you could cross it off of your list so that you could get credit for having done... Yes? Anyone? Okay, I guess I'm not the only one. All right, that's good. All right. Uh, I mean, growing up, I remember making uh, lists, especially on the, on the weekend, like on a Saturday. I'm sure my, uh, my mom and dad kind of uh, guided me in that to help keep me on track, so uh, I'll blame them. But um, I, I would list whatever homework might needed to be done or an errand I needed to run. Of course, there were household chores that, that needed to be accomplished. Uh, the first thing right at the top of the list, uh, I would at times uh, write make list at the top of the list so that as soon as I was done making the list, I had something I could scratch off right away, right? Because I made my list, so that's good, number one. But right under that, usually, I had something along the lines of the words quiet time or devotions or something like that. And you probably recognize that terminology, but basically it was so I would remember to read my Bible or do my devotional reading for that day. And once I did, I would scratch it off the list because I was done. Now I was holy and I could move on with life, right? Well, not exactly, uh, but... um uh, I, was, I was definitely driven, and still am, uh, driven. I have a whole book, a whole planner thing now that I, and you know, man, it's just uh, it's awesome. Some of you have multiples of those things, and you just thrive on that. That's like, at the risk of giving you li- a list to check off, and then assuming that you're holy because you've checked off the list, uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at five very specific questions that I think are helpful in helping us evaluate our spiritual lives. Um, these aren't new. Uh, if you've been around here a little while, you've, uh, you've heard these before. Maybe you even have a little card. You've received a new update. Well, it's, it's just the artwork's updated. The questions are the same uh, in your bulletin today, and we'll be looking at, uh, at some of that this morning. Um, a little while ago, uh, we adopted a... Wow, the light. Ah, see? Look at that. Uh, we adopted a phrase a little while ago at our church, uh, individually and as a church, it's our purpose, it's our mission, uh, this purpose gives us direction in the choices that we make as a church, and individually it helps us have an impact in the world, you should know it by heart, the phrase is, well, good, some of you are a little slower at doing that than others, but that, no, it's good, we live to love people to life, that, pa- uh, that statement is packed with a whole lot of stuff, uh, and, and I want us to uh, be reminded of that, I'm going to continue to say it over and over again, uh, and you're going to see it all the time, uh, we live to love people to life, we means all of us together, as well as each of us individually, uh, live is, uh, is, it means that this is what gets us out of bed in the morning, we, we live, our purpose as we're, as we're uh, stepping into the day every day is is this uh, and loving people is is it means that it's all about relationships right relationships are vitally important and uh, so uh, so it's not only just relationships here in the church but also relationships wherever we are uh, whatever we're doing we're we're here to love people and then we're doing that we're loving them with a purpose, loving them to life. We're talking about the abundant life that Jesus gives, the best life possible. We live to love people to life. 
In other words, we're doing all that we can to build relationships with people so they can build a relationship with God. We live to love people to life. Ever since our vision team came up with that a while back, I just, man, it just resonates with me. And, and uh, I hope that it resonates with you as well. Every day I'm finding out more about what it means to let that purpose guide my life. Uh, but in order to do that... I need to have an abundant life with Jesus first, right? Uh, If I'm going to love people to life, I'm not going to lead them uh, anywhere where I haven't been already. And so we have to be living that life ourselves if we're going to do that. So, so, So what if I asked you today, if you, is your life abundant? How would you measure that? Uh, I mean, you might look at your checking or savings account, right? And you'd uh, see whether my life is abundant or not, right? Uh, You might evaluate your family dynamics. Uh, Is my life abundant or just weird, right? Uh, uh, We might look at those family relationships. We might look at the, the depths of our friendships to see if we're living an abundant life. Or maybe we'd look at fulfillment in our job or our career or, or maybe a certain hobby that really drives us or, or maybe the, uh, the, the volunteer oper, uh, uh, opportunities that we take. Uh, there are many different ways that we could measure abundant life. But I think spiritually it can boil down to asking ourselves these five questions. They're what we've, we've called questions to live by. And they require more than just a yes or no answer. They require commitment, uh, dedication, and action. They're going to drive you to action. And they will and can literally change the course of your life if you let them. If you're asking yourself these questions every day. If you're doing these things, then it will lead you uh, in the way of that abundant Christian life. Ask yourself every day, and these five things, they're on your little card there, they'll be up here on the Jumbotron, have I met with God today? Am I trusting and obeying God in everything? Do I see Jesus in the mirror? I don't mean like when the smoke clears in the morning that there's a little, you know, image and you uh, get a little, am I I seeing his character develop when I look at myself? Uh, Who have I served today? Am I close to someone far from God? Those those five questions, I think, can, can take us well down the road toward living that abundant life in Christ. I I can't, I don't think I can emphasize enough uh, how much those things and the lifestyle that they would develop in us can lead us to, to a life of spiritual purpose. So, uh, so, so, so don't just dismiss this. Oh, I've heard that before. Or, oh yeah, I've got that card somewhere. We're giving you another one if you lost it. Uh, if, if you like the other one better, keep it. Uh, but put it somewhere where you're going to remember it. Maybe you've got to memorize, then you don't have to like, be reminded every day. Because uh, that, that's, the, that's the goal, is that these things are happening whether we're uh, physically asking ourselves these questions every day. But prayerfully allow the Holy Spirit to grow you deeper and closer to him as you live with purpose. We live to love people to life. Well, that life, what does that look like? Well, uh, I'm meeting with God. I'm connected with him. I'm trusting him and obeying him in everything. Uh, His character is being developed in me. I see him in the mirror. Uh, I'm I'm serving uh, other people, and uh, and I'm close to people who are far from God so so he can rub off uh, uh, through me onto them, and and, uh, they can be drawn to a relationship with God. Well, today, uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack each one of these. So today, we start with the first one, Have I Met With God? today well on a Sunday you can all check it off the list right all those people that were scared of the snow that aren't here today they can't check that off the list but we can check it off um 
No, have I met with God today? Out of all of these questions, I think this might be the one that we're tempted the most to just check it off the list. Just, just uh, scratch it out. Okay, boom, did it just like I did when, uh, when I was uh, back in, uh, in high school and making my list and putting devotions at the top. I, it, notice the question we didn't ask when we made this list. The first question isn't, have I read my Bible today? The question isn't, did I pray today? The question isn't, did I do my devotions today? And I mean, have you ever said that? I mean, it doesn't even make grammatical sense, right? Do my devo- What in the world does that mean? Do my devotions? That's just, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, that's just a little pet peeve of mine. But uh, uh, we didn't ask any of those things that you're just checking off this action. But, uh, but, but uh, you, and you will, I know that you will read your Bible and, and pray and probably use some type of devotional or study material uh, as you meet with God. But those are simply means to an end. Have I met with God today? There's kind of a lot in that. Last spring, I was uh, kind of spiritually convicted over this. And I think I shared this in a uh, a class maybe, but um, if, if you use the version app, if you don't, there it is, and if you go to your uh, uh, you know, app store or the, uh, the Google Play store and type in Bible, it's going to be the first thing that pops up. Uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. I've been using that for a long time now. They have plans that help you stay in God's word and they keeps track every day of, of, uh, of where you're at to, to read next and all those sorts of things. There's thousands of these plans and all this stuff. I mean, if, if you don't use it, uh, you know, just do it. I mean, maybe we should just wait right now. You pull out your device and download the Version app. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. It's a great tool. Not long ago... Well, a little while ago, they added this feature. You're probably familiar with it. Uh, and it pops up on the home screen, and it's called Bible App Activity. Anybody familiar with this, right? And it tracks you. I mean, kind of in a not so, uh, you know, it's not really a weird way. It's not, not it's just, it's keeping track of, of what you've done. And so it, it tracks your daily, it calls it your streak. So how many days in a row have you been reading the Bible? Your, your daily streak, and then it keeps track of your perfect weeks. Whew. So you got to get Sunday to Saturday in a row. That's a seven-day seven, uh, streak, and then, boom, you got one perfect week. Woo! Right? And, you know, their motivation is to give you, uh, you know, this little hit of excitement when you've accomplished that and keeps you coming back and keeps you keeps track of when you open the app and it rewards you with a with a number that keeps getting higher and higher the more that the the more days in a row row that you do it and that sounds awesome except that I found myself I'm sure none of you would ever do this but I found myself logging in with the primary motivation of getting credit for logging in watching that number get high okay hey one perfect week two perfect weeks Three perfect weeks, 17 perfect weeks. Well, I can't miss. I can't miss because I've got it. It's going to go back to zero. I can't go back to zero now. And this is just probably a little too much to know about me. But I, and and it's, you know, it's, it's embarrassing to an extent. But, but, uh, but I, I actually got to the place where I was checking this off the list, so to speak. I've got to get in there and, and read. And I, would, I wouldn't just log in and, and get credit and then leave. I would read the passage and, and do all that. But... But my motivation wasn't necessarily meeting with God. It was increasing my streak, right? So 
So I intentionally, for several days, I, uh, I did not read my Bible. The most, I, I believe that was a uh, spiritually directed, uh, spiritually deepening thing in my life that I did not read my Bible. Now, don't just take that uh, at, uh, you know, if you're listening to this on the recording somewhere, don't just take that snippet and say, Pastor Pete said, don't read my Bible, it's the most spiritual thing you can do. For me, in that sense, I was breaking away from that habit in, in order to recognize or get back to the central focus. What am I doing here? A meeting with God. It's not about getting a streak or getting an increase in a number. Because following God is a relationship, right? You know that. And, and I wish that, that we didn't even have to ask this question. I mean, uh, even if you are an avid list maker, you probably don't write down, talk with my spouse. And then when you talk with your spouse, you cross that off. The, I, I hope that's the case, that, that you're not just, uh, that, you're not, that you don't have to write that down. So I, I hope that this becomes a question that you're not even having to ask because it's just so ingrained in the fabric of our lives that, that I'm, I'm living an abundant relationship with God and so I'm living in connection with him. Of course, I met with him today. In order to illustrate this, uh, Jesus uses a, an awesome analogy in John 15 uh, and, and uh, it's, it's uh, familiar. It comes from uh, the uh, the. the uh, the area of agriculture, and it's all about a vine and its branches. John 15, beginning in verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself It must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a garden or not. Uh, I have not been very successful at uh, growing things per se. Uh, I just don't uh, spend the time on it that I need to. But whether your thumb is green or not, I think we all know the purpose of having a garden. The harvest, right? There's no purpose in, in having a garden if you're not growing things that can be harvested. Great big vegetables or, or fruit or whatever you've planted and it's matured and it's grown and it's produced. And then that's a great garden. If you have sickly vegetables or no fruit or a little harvest, then it becomes like football in Cleveland. Better luck next year, right? <sighs> But we know that that's not even true, right? Sorry, that's a bad analogy. We just need to move on. Um, the, harvest, uh, the harvest is emphasized over and over again here in John 15. The bottom line of success is spelled out uh, by Jesus with one simple word. The word is fruit. Seven times in these eight verses, Jesus mentions fruit. It's all about the fruit. If there's no fruit, if there's no produce, then there's no reason to do all the hard work to have a garden because it's all about the fruit. And in describing this garden, Jesus says uh, this garden is like the kingdom of God and, and he describes three main players here in this garden. There's the, the father or the gardener, there's Jesus, the vine, and then there's us, 
the branches. The gardener, the father, is doing most of the work. It's the gardener who owns the vineyard. He owns the vine. He owns the branches on it. He's planted the vine. He's lovingly watching the branches grow. He has a vested interest in their health and well-being. It's the gardener who tends the vine and the branches. Uh, God notices and gets rid of any branch that is not productive. He's, He's watching and looking for fruit and doing whatever he needs to do for that plant to produce God even, or the gardener, prunes the productive branches to make them even more productive. He gets rid of anything that might divert nutrients away from producing fruit. It's the gardener who receives praise when fruit is produced. Just like when your garden does well, it makes you look good, right? Uh, Verse 8 says that fruit-bearing branches make God the gardener look good. It's to his glory that we bear much fruit. So God the Father is the gardener and he's doing most of the work because the garden was his idea. Jesus is the vine and he's been planted by God and he's sent from heaven to grow branches and produce fruit for the kingdom of God. There's an amazing connection between the gardener and the vine. There's love and nurture and tenderness expressed uh, that that reveals this close-knit relationship between uh, God and his son Jesus. He's the vine, the true vine, the vine that gives life. And we are the branches. We're here to produce fruit. We already established that fruit is the whole point of the garden. If we're not fruitful, we get cut cut off and burned up. We're the branches. So it appears that our job, our number one goal in life, is to make sure that we are producing fruit. I mean, I don't want to get burned up and thrown out. I better produce fruit. Before we go any further with that, we need to see what we're talking about when we're talking about fruit. Because I think you know that we're not talking about apples and oranges and grapes and mangoes and whatever else. Uh, This is spiritual fruit. Some people say that the fruit that Jesus had in mind here is the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, From Galatians chapter 5, Paul, uh, in one of his letters, uh, later on, uh, several years after Jesus had said these words, Paul is writing to this church in Galatia and said that when the, the, the Holy Spirit is in you, he will produce God's character in you. His spirit is gonna produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And all those things are going to be produced in you. They're going to be seen in you. And that is the fruit of the Spirit. Producing fruit for God could clearly mean uh, seeing this godly character developing in our lives. Others say that, that, uh, that, that by fruit, here in John 15, Jesus means winning people to faith in Christ. If we're producing fruit, that means that people are coming to faith because of our influence. Jesus appeared to have that in mind when uh, at another time he's looking at the crowds and, and he's, he says that it's a, it's a field of souls and they're ripe for harvest. And so he used that analogy in bringing people to, uh, uh, to himself as, as that was the fruit Others have indicated that this fruit might be, have something to do with answered prayer. Verse 7 says that the good branches uh, that are producing fruit can ask God for anything and, and they'll get it. So maybe it's when our prayers get answered that, that that's the fruit of a good and godly branch. And I think that maybe the fruit that Jesus is talking about is all of that and, and I think more. I think a great definition is right there in the passage in verse 8. It says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I, I believe this is telling us that the fruit that we're to produce, fruit is simply evidence in your life that shows that you are following Jesus. 
that you're connected to him. Fruit shows up as godly character qualities, as people coming to faith through your influence, answered prayer, anything else that identifies you as a follower of Jesus. That's spiritual fruit. Because fruit is an identifier. I'm not a horticulturalist. I can't hardly even say the word. But I can tell the difference between an apple tree and an orange tree because all I have to do is look at the fruit, right? Uh, the fruit tells, reveals the identity of the plant or the tree. So we have to ask ourselves in the process of all of this, what fruit am I producing? Your fruit reveals your identity. Can people see that you're following Jesus when they see what your life produces? That's the fruit that Jesus is talking about. Can people see that you are a follower of Jesus when they see what your life produces? So the, so the natural point of this sermon could be, all right, get out there and produce some fruit. Go get them, boys, right? Girls, everybody, sorry, that was... The whole point of the garden, right? Uh, the, the vine, uh, fruit production, that's the whole thing. And, and you're the branches where the fruit is produced, so buckle down, get working on some fruit. But that's not quite how nature works, and that's not the process for producing godly fruit in our lives either. There are two ends to every branch. And although the whole goal of the garden is to produce fruit, the end of the branch that produces fruit isn't the most important end. We might think it is. That's where all the action happens, right? We see it coming, there's a blossom, and then that gets fertilized, and it turns into a, a bud, and that bud uh, turns into fruit, and it grows and grows and grows until it's ripe and ready to be picked and then enjoyed, and, and that's where all the action is. That's the most important, though. The most important end of the branch is actually the one that's connected to the vine. If that connection is severed, then there is no hope for fruit at all. So although this passage seems to be all about branches bearing fruit, and and it is, it's really even more about branches remaining connected to the vine. It's all about staying connected to Jesus. Have I met with God today? Am I connected to him and all that he has for me? My, my life verse right now, uh, the underlying thing that God has been teaching me is John 15, 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Uh, other translations might say abide in me. The Message Bible says live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. I, I could, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that. Andrew Murray, maybe you've heard of Andrew Murray, I've quoted him before, Um, I'm going to keep quoting him because I'm kind of on an Andrew Murray kick at the moment, but uh, he's a pastor in South Africa, uh, traveled a lot, wrote a lot, but primarily in in South Africa back around the turn of the century, uh, the other century, 1800, 18 into 1900s, and and he's written a lot of of stuff, primarily on prayer and being connected, but one one of his his little books, a lot of them are, are organized into just 30 or 31 chapters, so you read one a day for a, for a month, just a couple of pages a day. One is called The True Vine. Man, I'm in the middle of that right now, and, uh, and I'm going to stay in there for a long, long time. 99 cents on Kindle. Look it up. Andrew Murray, The True Vine. I highly recommend it. Uh, many of, of Andrew Murray's church members were farmers, so he knew all about vines and branches and how all that worked. And, and this is just a little passage from that, from that book, The True Vine. 
He says, when a new graft is placed in a vine and it abides there, there is a twofold process that takes place. The first is in the wood. The graft shoots its little roots and fibers down into the stem, and the stem grows up into the graft. And what has been called the structural union is affected. The graft abides and becomes one with the vine, and even though the vine were to die, they would still be one wood with it. Then there is the second process in which the sap of the vine enters the new structure and uses it as a passage through which sap can flow up to show itself in young shoots and leaves and fruit. Here is the vital union. Into the graft which abides in the stock, the stock enters with sap to abide in it. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. It's vital and it, it's, it's present tense. It's a, it's a present tense connection. Right now, today, uh, live in him. Uh, let, let him live in you. That's why we have that word on the end of that question, uh, have I met with God today? It's not have I met with God this year or have I met with God ever, uh, but it's have I met with God Today, it's, a, it's an up-to-date relationship with God, connection with him. I think, um, I think one big thing that I sensed God speaking to me uh, about early on in my sabbatical was, was, was all of this. Uh, simply to live present tense in him. To do the next right thing. To stay connected. And if something is clogging up the connection, get rid of it. And if something will, will help me uh, get, get closer and make that connection tighter, then, then, then do it. Walk step by step, hand in hand with Jesus right now, today, at this moment. Remain in him. Have I met with God today? It takes time. It takes intentionality. There's purpose to it. You might have to get up earlier or, or go to bed later or turn off your phone or turn off your notifications at least or, at least, or, or watch less TV or miss a few minutes of the game. <laughs> But life isn't in any of those things, right? Life is in the vine. And so if I'm not connected to the vine, then there's not going to be life. Your life is in Jesus, not in any of that other stuff that we fill our lives with. And it's not just any kind of life, and it's not just a trickle of life to barely make it through. It's abundant life. Jesus said, I came to give them more and better life than they've ever dreamed of. But only if we remain connected to him. It takes time. It takes an intentionality. So in asking the question, have I met with God today, we're asking ourselves if we're doing all that we can to remain, to abide, to live in him. <laughs> so much more than, than, than crossing something off a list or getting a high streak number on the Bible app. Live in him. Make your home in Jesus. <laughs> and when we do, it says he makes his home in us. His life coursing through our veins. Just like the sap from a vine courses through a branch. I mean, there's, there's, next week we're going to talk about the, the whole trusting and obeying God and everything and how this connection leads to uh, just submitting to God and, and all that he has for us because it's his life and, and his fruit anyway. We, we don't have time for all of that today, so we're going to dive into that next week. But 
meeting with God, spending time with God might seem a little odd at times. I mean, you can't see him, you can't touch him, uh, maybe you can't like hear a voice. But it's simply taking time for prayer and God's word. Father God, we seek after you today. We seek after you with all of our hearts. There have been times in the past when we haven't found you. But maybe that's because we weren't seeking you with all of our hearts. We, we seek you now just as Jesus sought after you in prayer during her, his earthly ministry. And, and we know that just as Jesus needed that vital connection with you, we so much need that vital connection ourselves. We thank you for your word, the Bible, which enables us to hear straight from you. It connects us to you. Lord, help us to never neglect time spent with you in your word. Father, we also thank you for your spirit and the life that you bring. We acknowledge today that that you sent Jesus and he is the one true son of God. Your word says that that when we acknowledge that, uh, that that we're living for you and, and you're living in us. We're living in you and you're in us. We thank you for making us alive. We thank you uh, for your forgiveness and your spirit that brings life to our lives. Help us to love as you love. Show us how each of us can make sure that we are living in you, remaining connected to the vine. Help us to experience your abundant life. And in doing that, that you'll help us to love others to that life as well. Father God, bring to mind anything that might be clogging up the connection. And Lord, I pray that even in this moment and in this minute that we can make the commitment, maybe for the first time or or, or maybe we're renewing that commitment again, but the commitment that we will meet with you each day. It's vital. Lord, help us to, to invest our time and our energy in our relationship with you so that your life will course through our veins. And now in the words of Pastor Andrew Murray, our Father, thou comest seeking fruit. Teach us, we pray thee, to realize how truly this is the one object of our existence and of our union to Christ. Make it the one desire of our hearts to be branches so filled with the spirit of the vine as to bring forth fruit abundantly. Amen.